0: everyone. Welcome to my show. I'm Tiffany, my so-called fabulous. Welcome, welcome every day. And we are back again with our series with Velvet Box and Dr. Celeste Holbrook here today. Welcome, welcome you. Thank you, Tiffany. I'm so happy to see you every time. I'm just so excited Uh, to see you. You know what? I just called her magical, okay? I mean, magical is this woman. And we were so excited because I was even more excited. She just went to a party recently and somebody asked her what? Yeah. Do you know Tiffany? <laughs> I was when? like, I do. And, the and
1: she was like, I, sh- I heard you on uh, Tiffany's podcast. I was oh, like, yes.
0: Oh my gosh. We're finally, okay. This is episode number 101.
1: Yay! Me. I
0: feel like that's a special number. It's a special number. You've like made it. You've oh. made 101 episodes, sister. Let me tell you, and and through a, through a pandemic, take yeah. that too. Yeah. And Celeste, you were with me on number 59, my top download, redefining sex, and then again on 90, I drug her in here again. 91, sex after cancer again, I was the one of an emotional. Mm. I mean, that one was a tough one. And now 101, you're back, and we are talking about more sex better sex. Okay. That's what Mm -hmm. we're talking about. Now, Celeste knows my history and we were talking about the first episode we did together and I was vulnerable, right? I mean, very vulnerable, which I think why
1: it was so, so listened to is because your ability to open up and help people see them themselves in your story is really powerful.
0: Yeah, you have to. I mean, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's difficult. I think about it. Um, what people know about me now, Jeez. I mean, everything, the menopause, um, my husband and we, our dysfunction that we have together. But, you know, and I've told you this I love Greg Blackman so much. Mm. I don't want to have sex with him sometimes. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, it's just menopause, aging. And you have helped myself, so many listeners. The Velvet Box Staff is ridiculously fabulous. Yes. I mean just so just just make you feel like there is not a question you cannot ask. That's
1: right. Because at the end of the day you're saying, you know, there's these things I I'm going through, there's these issues that we have and you're just not alone, right? And so The Velvet Box Staff makes you feel understood because you aren't alone. You're not the only one with this issue. You're not the only one, you know, struggling to find pleasure or frequency or whatever. And so when you go in there, it's like, yeah, this is what I'm struggling with. And they have some solutions for you. And you know, by the way that you're interacting with them, mm.
0: that you're not the only one. I you're not. I just went in the other day um, to the Velvet in Velvet that seventh area. And Lindsay, I walked in, I was getting, I, love Lindsay. I mean, I love Lindsay. Lindsay, we love you. We love you. Um, I walked in just to get bags, just to um, do some photo, mm-hmm. If it's a photo, a photo shoot. And I mean, Lindsay was there, but another young woman I hadn't met and she was just greeted me like, like, I mean, yeah. just warm and welcoming and yeah. y'all, that's what they are. That it is. is. So your online courses too, you're still going, what's going on with that? Because we are, we are. 2022 now is
1: that right? <laughs> I can't even remember what year we awesome lost. Oh, time. that's right. 20, yes, we did lose some time in there. Yes, yeah. um, online learning still happening at Velvet Box. We're changing the the vision of it a little bit, but um, stay tuned. We're going to be revealing some new, important, interesting ways for you to get educated at Velvet Box. So, um, it, we're always trying to meet the needs of the ever changing, you know, population, and so. We're creating some really innovative things for everybody to kind of learn along together with at Velvet Box about sex education. So
0: stay tuned. Oh my gosh, you can't wait to hear. In the <laughs> new year, what's going on? I know. I know. Um, so let's talk about this. Um, when Beth Dr. Beth, 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 Beth Dr. Beth Boatman came mm-hmm. on in December. And she and I talked about it is sex obviously but negotiating sex was yep. was the title and and she talked about that a lot with your partner yeah what in your eyes does it mean to negotiate sex um it could be a couple that could want sex all the time and it could be someone that never wants sex, to have sex right so there's right. two two at least that i can think of different platforms or thought processes. So tell us about that. You see it because you have clients all, I mean, dealing with all these things.
1: Right. And that's actually one of my main jobs as a sexologist, as a sex educator is to help people negotiate sex better. Um, So when, if you think about it, there are no two people on this earth who want sex at the same time, in the same way, with the same amount of arousal um, at any point during the, the history of the world, right? There's, there's, this just doesn't happen. And so literally every time you have sex, there is a fair amount of negotiation. What are we going to do? What feels good to you? What feels good to me? How can I give? How can I receive? You know, all of those things are moment by moment negotiations. And so it makes sense that we should learn how to negotiate those decisions well, and in a way that doesn't uh feel intimidating or intimidated um for ourselves or our partner. And so negotiation to me sexual negotiation is an every time you have sex thing. You have to negotiate and sometimes it's easy, right? Cuz we are more on the same page and often it's not as easy, but it doesn't mean it's not worthy or it's not important to do that type of negotiation.
0: And are you talking about with negotiation when how?
1: Yes. All the things. When, how, what are we going to do? How are we going to show up? Who are we going to be in this moment? You know, Mm -hmm. um, all of those things are negotiated kind of in real time in sex and so much so that we don't really notice it necessarily until there are problems with negotiation. Well, I want sex today and I do not want sex today. Okay. How do we negotiate this? Um, and so there's several tools that you can use to negotiate when you're not Really on
0: the same page? Mm -hmm. Would you say that your your clients, both in the teaching arm at Velvet Box and your private practice, is there a a median age? I mean, Hmm. you know what I'm saying. I mean, is there? Is I mean, because I have tons and friends that are going through similar situations that I'm going through now, post menopause, peri, and in you know menopause they're they're telling me that it's just a chore yeah but we love our husbands blah 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 now i have girl. i do some of them my friends said you better watch it he's gonna cheat i'm like he's not cheating well let's debunk- have you heard that let's
1: yes i have and let's debunk that myth because um people don't necessarily cheat because of a lack of anything in their relationship you know necessarily now there's a lot of you know talk we can have about this, but it isn't the person who's cheated on. It's not their responsibility. um, If somebody strays or if somebody sleeps around, it's, you know, it's their decision, their responsibility. It has nothing to do, uh, causally, like you didn't cause this. Although, you know, there might be some marital strife or relationship things that are going on, but the cheated on partner did not cause a person to cheat.
0: Right. Interesting. So negotiating that and then through the different phases of life, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have several people in my life right now that have just had babies or about to have babies. Yeah. And some of them are are, I mean, they're they're ready to go. They are sexually active. Some of them don't feel like they look pretty, they feel pretty, they're in pain. So there's that population too. And that's not my population. I'm not having a baby. <laughs> Well, exactly. Well, the factory is closed, pretty (laughs) much. So (laughs) it's closed, shut down on both ends. So there there we go.
1: Um, So yes, the better you can negotiate or learn to negotiate earlier, the longer and better your sex life is going to be over time. Because our bodies and our lives and our environment does change, and so learning how to negotiate through those changes is a skill set that's best learned early. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So things like, for example, you have the Uh, example of having a baby, you know, I was actually just talking to a client, my client right before I got here, um, is 34 weeks pregnant, going to have a baby soon. And she's asking me like, what should I, you know, what should I expect after I have the baby? And my first, my first piece of advice is after you have a baby, do not think that just because your OBGYN clears you for penetrative sex, that doesn't mean you have to have penetrative oh, sex. Oh, yeah. Like it's let's go, let's <laughs> right. go. Right. Right. You do not have to have penetrative sex. But if you want to be sexual or have sexual experiences, remember that penetrative sex is one tiny part of a huge uh a set of behaviors that we can consider sex. Right. And so in in my world, when I talk to postpartum women, I always say, listen, outer course is king here. Right? So if you want to experience sexual pleasure without the fear of pain from penetration, Think about hand jobs, blow jobs. Think about him coming on your skin or on your breasts or think about, you know, putting some lubricant in between some butt cheeks and letting him rub his penis in between your butt cheeks. Mm -hmm. Like there's just a million different ways that you can experience sexual pleasure. You touching yourself, using sex toys, all kinds of things that help you feel connected, but don't carry the fear of penetration because of postpartum pain, right? So uh, if you're postpartum, remember outer course is king. Or at any time in your life, that's fine too. Outer course can be a beautiful part of sexuality.
0: You know, and it it's true. I mean, I of course, my mother, I, I think I've told you, my mother passed a very early age cancer. And, and I, 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 I didn't have these conversations because I'm in that purity culture. That's me. You remember, we, we've talked about this. Yeah. But um, menopause brings such dryness. Right. I mean- Incredible dryness. Actually, Dr. Potman and I were talking about, she says, you know, um, there's a lot of things that can and call this. Of course, you're you know, you're postmenopause. You may be taking um,
1: antihistamines. antihistamines.
0: hmm It
1: drives you up up here, it's gonna drive you Hello. up down here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Every time I look at my Zyrtec, I'm like, yikes. Yeah, but it's true. And I never knew, but I'm telling the world now, I mean, having a dry vagina is a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's you know, and of course, lubricants with from Velvet Vox. My doctor is she. My doctor is so fabulous, and she's trying so hard to help me because there's now ways to help you. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. um, and I I go back to my purity culture syndrome. And I think, oh gosh, I'm inserting this in my vagina. What would my mother think? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I grew up, in a, grew up in a Catholic home, mm-hmm. so there there was shaming. So absolutely, you know, and that's a and that's a real thing. I grew up in a fabulous home. Not saying that, yeah. but it was just some, our our culture has broken the cycle right. or trying to, right? Yeah, we I are. I agree. I agree. So the, the 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 vaginal dryness is is a huge thing. So you saying. Outer course is king, yeah, Me. or queen. Should we say outer course is queen? I don't <laughs> One know. of them.
1: One no. of them. Whatever's the most
0: greatest. That's queen right. Queen. Yeah. What, whatever's about. But it's true. But then you think about the. the I'm here. I am fifty seven. Fifty seven. Oh my gosh! I just turned mm-hmm. fifty seven. Anyway, I I um I think about this because these young girls having young girls. You know, not just young girls, but and age the girls that are reproducing and have babies. So that's yeah. a thing too. I didn't even think about that population when you and I were talking the absolutely, first time.
1: Absolutely. And something to mention about vaginal dryness, like you mentioned, there's all kinds of things that can cause it. And we also have, there's also stigma of around not being wet, right? We even have like songs all about, Oh gosh, <laughs> about being wet. Um, and so we have to remember that just because you are or are not wet doesn't mean you are or are not aroused. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's something called arousal nonconcordance, which means when you. Feel like maybe you're aroused in your brain, but your body isn't responding in an, in an aroused way, or your body's responding like you have a, an erection, but your brain is like, I don't want to have an erection right now. So, there is something called arousal non concordance where in your brain you can be aroused, but maybe your body isn't responding in the way that you would like it to in that moment. And so, maybe you have to do some other things like using a lubricant or a suppository or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's okay, but we have the society that associates being wet with being really aroused, Um, and so we can feel shame when that's not the case for us.
0: They do. I mean, and it's absolutely true that—I mean— there is something to be said. I think about back when I was in my twenties and, you know, it was, it was, it was certainly not like it is today. Right. I say egg whites and that's what I mean. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's true. So it it is and its aging process and it's Mm -hmm. hormones and the lack thereof. So definitely. So back to your, and I meant to ask you, I I did ask you, so tell me, you're you just have every single age, uh, not every age, but the age I mean, of your clientele that it it varies. Just because you're my age, you, is I'm not your only client, right?
1: Oh no, not at all. I would if I was going to give you an age range of people who come into my practice, and it's probably even wider of people who come into Velvet Box or access the Velvet Box education. It would probably be between uh 25 and probably 70. Wow. I would say that's the probably the ranges of people that I see. Sometimes I see even a, a few younger folks, but for the most part, somewhere in between there is what I'm typically seeing. I think the vast majority of my clients right now are in the 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. Wow, yeah.
0: that's so great. Yeah. I just was talking to a couple of my friends that are in their 70s. Mm-hmm. One couple, they are, that, they're, what you were saying, we, our sex is, companionship now mm-hmm. holding hands mm-hmm. going on a walk because they're 70 and that's what they they can I mean it doesn't have to be any age the other one she, he wants it every day yeah so it's across the board and i think what i had to do when i met you i you really did break a barrier i mean it was a scary time for me When I met you, but I I mean, it's a scary time because I didn't know how to talk about this and be shamed. Like you shouldn't be talking about this. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, I love Uh, that. But but there's no two couple. There's not a couple that's alike across the board, Mm -hmm. right? And I think I've I've read that in your bio. You are helping everyone. Yeah,
1: yeah, And, and you know, one of the things that I think you you mentioned just now that can be helpful for people when you're thinking about defining sex. Um, like your, your older couple, maybe defining sex as you know, waffles on the front porch, holding hands together, that kind of thing. Something that even a listener can do right now is start to think about in my dream sexual scenario, what do I want to feel in sex? You know, what do I want sex to feel like emotionally and physically? Do I want it to feel connective, erotic, um, pleasurable, intimate, wild. Like, what do you want to feel? And then you can make behaviors that fit for your life at that time. Right. If I want sex to feel erotic, maybe in this time in my life, I, that means I want to have sex outside, but maybe, you know, if I want sex to feel erotic and I am younger or older or whatever, maybe that feels like sex with the lights on. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, changes based on what you want to feel. And so always first focus on what do you want to feel out of sex and then build behaviors in behind that. You know, do we want to utilize restraints? Do we want to um, have the music on? Do we want to have lingerie, different sensations? Like how do we use things, behaviors to create what we want to feel? And that's how you can define Good sex is did we feel erotic? Did we feel pleasure? Did we feel connected? Whatever your words are? If you did, then how you got there actually matters less than that you got
0: there. right. Okay. So let's, what do you do when you have a couple? and one of the one of the the people in the party want to do something, or to try something that the other person does not want to try?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, know that this happens all the time. Does it really? All the time. I didn't even know how to ask you. Yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) It happens all the time. I want to try this, but my husband or partner or wife or spouse or whomever um, is not interested. And so the first thing to think about is how fantasies are not always desires. Okay. Fantasies are like, oh, I've, you know, I fantasize about this thing to get me aroused. Or when I masturbate, I fantasize about this. But desires are, I'd really like to try this in real life. So sometimes we confuse our fantasies with our desires. Our fantasies sometimes can just be out there and just be fantasies. What I use, I think about, you know, having, this is a very, very common one, um, a fantasy about having sex with more than one person, right? Oftentimes that remains a fantasy. And as not actually something that people would really want to put into practice necessarily. Sometimes yes, but sometimes no, this is a very common one. Um, And so understand what is a fantasy and what is a desire first. And then once you understand your desires, well, I really want to try, we'll say, I really want to try restraints. I want to to be tied to the bed or to tie a partner to the bed. Um, Start to think about, why that is like, what is the emotion? What is the sensation that you're getting from being tied to the bed? Like if you whittle down to, well, I want to not have to make the decisions. I want to be wanted so much that my partner would just love on me or be, be so erotic with me and I don't do anything. I don't want to have to make those decisions in that moment. I want to just be taken, right? And so that's the feeling that you're wanting to get by doing those restraints. So if your partner's not comfortable necessarily with this restraints or maybe not comfortable yet, focus on how you can feel that feeling. Without doing that thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if your partner doesn't want to use the restraints, say, okay, what about um, if I held on to the bed and didn't move my arms? Right? Negotiating. Negotiating. Ding, dong. Ding, ding, dong, <laughs> We've got it. That's right. That's it. So you negotiate off of the feeling or the sensation you're after, not the behavior.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, um, I was talking to Brandon, which Mm -hmm. is with the Velvet Box, and he immediately, this popped in my head, purity culture. He said, you know, what's very popular and powerful is a blindfold. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, gosh, I would never do that. That's me thinking immediately, you know, where my mind went. Sure. But he explained to me, when you're having sex, maybe your kid's photograph is right there in front of you. Looking at the ceiling going, gosh, I didn't know that spot was on the wall. Uh, (laughs) Distractions. Yes. Because, and I'm I'm not sure, but I'm a woman, obviously, but I have more distractions in my brain. You know, you hear something, hear my dog whining outside Mm -hmm. the door. I mean, that was, that, the education that is provided just like that. I was just like, oh, okay, I feel better about this because it's serving a purpose. Yes. Because I see our children (laughs) in a photograph. Right. Which like, is not arousing. No. Nor should it be. No. <laughs> you heard that from the sexologist, well. Dr. Holbrook, okay? It shouldn't be. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, that was huge. So, okay. Yeah. What are the communication tools that you would use or you would share with a couple to use for negotiating sex? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's such a good one. Um, See, we've been together a while, so I, I get her. <laughs> I love it.
1: So... Um, One of the things I always start out every couple with is describing how sex is like sex. Simply just write down sex is in your journal and then data dump like sex is um, not as frequent as I want and sometimes boring, sometimes really exciting. Like you're going to have all kinds of words in there. So understand where sex is and then understand where you want to go. Um, In other words, that activity that we talked about earlier in this hour of my dream sex would feel like pleasurable, erotic, wild, fun, desired, whatever those words are. And so now you have a good blueprint of where you are and where you want to go. And so one of the communication tools that you can use is to discuss your lists together. Like, oh, I see you and I both say sex isn't as often as we want it to be right now. Or you and I both say that sex feels connective. Wow, that's amazing that we both say that, that we both feel at times that sex is connective. So look for the similarities in your first list and then look for similarities in your second list. Like, okay, you wrote on your sex on your dream sex list that you want sex to feel intimate. And I also wrote that on my list. So let's talk about ways in which we can make sex feel more intimate. Do, should we have more, how do you feel about having more conversation before sex? Or how do you feel about, um, you know, talking about sex earlier in the day or earlier in the week, or how do you feel about being more intentional about sex? Like you have Friday lunch, Break off and I have Friday lunch break off. What do you feel about meeting and using that time to build intimacy? Right. So start with your commonalities, where you are and where you want to be, and then start to negotiate how to build a bridge from where you are to where you want to be. And that can be a really beautiful way to move your sex life forward, whether you're 25 or 45 or 85. This can be a beautiful way in order to figure out how to continue to negotiate your. Sex life. Wow.
0: Tell me this, this negotiating. When when a person calls you or or goes to your website to contact you, do you is it mostly and I'm trying to help those out of out there, um, the man or the woman, let's say we're in a male female relationship. Mm-hmm. Who would be the one that would call you? Like would it be first the woman or the man? Or is there a does that make sense? Like I don't yes. know it, it's like I I just put myself in someone else's shoes and go gosh if my husband called you I'd feel yeah. you'd have to talk about it first right
1: yeah Um, that's a hard question to answer because I, I market typically more toward women and femme. So, um, typically women are, are the one who are doing a discovery call with me and learning about my practice and learning if that's something that they want to get involved with. But I always encourage partners to come together to sessions, Mm -hmm. not just by themselves. Yeah. I see partners together, um, simply because we're learning together and sex is a co-created experience between two or sometimes more, but mostly two people. Right. And so we're going to learn together how to negotiate. And I can model that. I can be a diplomat. I can be Switzerland. I can help you negotiate in real time. Um, how not in real time, like not like you're having sex on the session, but in, in real conversational time. Exactly. I'm gone there yet. <laughs> yeah. no, Yeah. That's not my practice. No, no, no. Yeah. No? Um, <laughs> so I can help you negotiate that conversation Um with some clarity of like the, the, the person who's sitting on the, you know, on the opposite Mm -hmm. side of the screen and knowing like, okay, I see what you're saying. And I see what you're saying. What it sounds like is maybe you could try this or that Mm -hmm. or whatever. So, um, to answer your question, mostly women are coming to do the discovery calls, but they end up coming with their partners to the sessions, um, which is beautiful because that way, she doesn't have to go and just re-educate her partner. Absolutely. Because we're trying to take the responsibility off of her. Mm. And so we're trying to even out the the fair play in the sexual scenario. And so when they both come, I can give activities or homework to both folks instead of just one.
0: Okay. Your discovery call. Explain that to our listeners because I've read that and you've told me about it in previous episodes, but what is a discovery call?
1: Yeah. So anytime you're you're trying to find a, a provider, a mental mm-hmm. health provider, a sex provider, whatever you, it's a hard thing. It's like fi- trying to find a perfect pair of jeans. Right.
0: And, oh, forget it.
1: <laughs> right. And so you're, you you probably want to interview a few or try to understand a few more to see who's a good fit for you. So. What I offer is a discovery call. It's just kind of like a little bit of a get to know you evaluation where I ask you questions and you can ask me questions. And at the end of the call, it's just a 30 minute, it's 30 bucks. At the end of the call, I can say like, Hey, listen, I I think I could be a good fit for you. Here's how we would work together. And here's how we would do. Or I say like, I I could be a good fit for you, but I think there's a better fit out for you. And this is a a therapist that I recommend or a trauma specialist or pelvic floor therapy, or there's a million different things that I could recommend, but I can be that conduit to get you to where you need to go. Sometimes it's me and that's great, but I'm going to be very honest and say, sometimes it's not me. And that's also helpful for you in that you can figure out what is the next right step for you.
0: You know what? One of the many things that I love about you at Your Magical, (laughs) many things is you will say that. You will say, I'll ask you a question before the show and you're like, you know what? That's just not really my specialty. And I love that. (laughs) I love it. I was telling my husband the other day, my dad used to say, I I just thought he knew everything and he, and he did. He always had every answer. And then he got to an age, he's like, you know, I don't, I'm not real sure about that. And I was like, what? But that is empowering to me. And I've said that to people before. I don't know now, but I will know by the next time I talk to you, (laughs) I will have that answer. I promise. I promise you that. So interesting with the discovery call, because there was a phase of my life where I thought it might be a good idea to see a sex therapist, but I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't even know it was a thing. Right. Is it always, how long has it been a thing?
1: Well, I mean, for a while, but I think just all types of mental health care are more accessible than they used to be or education. Um, And so I still hear that, you know, on discovery calls that I do. I didn't even know, know. like I could access a provider like you, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And so we're trying to, to expand the field. If you're interested in going to sex education field, please do it, especially people who identify as male where we really need a lot more people in the field. So- um, yeah, it's a growing field. It's new-ish.
0: <laughs> I was okay. There's not enough. There's not a lot of male providers, correct? There's not a lot, a ton of male providers. Wow, yet. that is so interesting, but it makes sense for sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, interesting because I'm sure uh, it was. It's it's like I would prefer to go to a female OB/GYN. Yeah, just just because you've kind of been around the block with yeah. me a couple of times, but. It makes sense because a male may want to talk to, to speak to a male. Yeah, you it's know. true. You know, you were mentioned trauma specialist mm. and there are providers that that's what they specialize in, right? Yes. Yes. And, um, define, all- define that for me. Yeah, as trauma for specialist. Sure. She just touched her heart.
1: I know. Well, I just refer to them so often because they're just like, oh, uh, just sent from the heavens. I am in the just in awe of the work that trauma specialists do. So as you can imagine, so many people experience trauma around sex, unfortunately, Um, whether they're younger or in their twenties or whenever you can experience trauma around sex. And we actually do consider even growing up in purity culture, a form of trauma. Um, And so, you know, big T, little T trauma doesn't matter. There's so much trauma around sex. And so, I see my work as kind of like, um, let me start with this. I see a trauma specialist work as kind of like the ER doctor who comes in and assesses and sets the broken leg, right? And puts the cast on and helps you to like understand what's going on and gives you some immediate kind of like very good in-depth work, Right. So a trauma specialist helps you really understand your trauma and really gives you some negotiating tools on how to um, deal with the trauma. It gives you the quote unquote medication, not not mm-hmm. in real life, but like in my, my ER doctor example. And then somebody like me, like a sex educator is kind of like the physical therapist who teaches you how to walk again. So the doctor's going to really help you with the trauma and understanding the trauma. The sex educator is really all about like, okay, how do we use what you've learned in trauma therapy and apply it to sex? How do we apply it to when you get triggered during sex? How do we figure out how to enter into a sexual scenario in this new place that you are? Because now you have worked On trauma and understand it a little bit better and have management tools, how do we apply that to a partnered scenario? And so that's where I kind of come in is after you have understood your trauma a little bit, then I can help you apply it. I'm like the application Mm -hmm. process, apply it inside of your sex life.
0: And I'm sure you have a network of people that you work with. I bet it's great. Yeah. I have really good
1: referrals. Um, You know, it's, it's difficult i as a sex educator can see people from all over the world or all over the states my licensure is not associated to a certain state however therapists have to typically see people who are inside their state um it's getting a little better and things are changing a little bit but um so if you are out of state i can help you find somebody using the uh, like psychologytoday.com the databases help you connect to somebody who i think would be a good fit for you
0: okay so saying that um, we we have we have been introduced to Zoom, yeah. Through in the in the last year and a half, almost two years, almost two. Um, are you seeing people? Both, I mean, a, a provider out of state obviously could do that, could see them online, but in Zoom, are you seeing people uh, in real in? Face to face? Where I are you? I don't.
1: I don't see anybody face to face. I actually, this is kind of funny and fortunate. I actually went all the way virtual in 2019. You did not. <laughs> I did. <gasps> I don't know. I I had an office up here off of university, and I decided I wanted to work out of my backyard office, my she shed, and so wow. I went virtual then. So it worked out really well for me. So I do not see clients face to face, other than doing going and doing education or something somewhere, but not. One on one client.
0: Okay. Yeah. Really, really, I'm putting myself in a weird position here, but yeah. it, was, was there Zoom then or was it a different platform? Yeah, it was I, Zoom then. I started what? with Zoom in 2019. You knew Zoom before we were Zooming, I sister? I don't know. I had nothing to do with it.
1: It was just wow. unfortunate. <laughs> I mean,
0: I've never, I now, now I'm, I'm a pro at it, but now we're starting to see more people, you know, yeah. face to face fit. It's time of life. You love what you do, right? I do. I feel really um, helpful.
1: And I think when your life has purpose, oh, wow, got a little emotional. I think when your life has purpose like that, it makes each day interesting and not every day is a joy. And I, I, I don't like it when people say every day I go to work is a joy because that's can't possibly be true. (laughs) Fake news. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But I would say every, every day brings um, interesting puzzles Mm -hmm. and every day brings, um, joy in a way that I feel helpful, Mm -hmm. um, even in the hard parts. So
0: yes, I thank you for noticing. I do really love what I do. I know you do. I see it. I feel it. I mean, I feel it. And you know, when you, um, talk to me and the the, the, gosh, at the beginning of last year, when you talked to me, you're, I could just tell it was, it was like, you had a little woohoo for me. Yes. I mean, we talked on the phone. We talked via Zoom. We yeah. talked. On, we talked beforehand, and yeah. and you were so happy that we were. I, I, my my brand was doing this, yeah. and getting that information out there, and and I just love it. I just I'm, I just adore you. You're oh, magical.
1: Oh well, the feeling is very mutual, oh. and and I do have to say that it matters. It matters that you're willing to be authentic and real about stuff that is hard to talk about. It gives people vocabulary, it gives people confidence to say, okay, if Tiffany can say it on her podcast, then maybe I can negotiate with my own partner. And that is unbelievably
0: powerful. Well, it's, it's necessary. It's needed because mental health is like you said, this is a part of mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see, how much work needs to be done yeah. for sure. What's your favorite class to teach at Velvet Box? Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> um, probably the clitoris class or from purity to pleasure, where I talk about my own journey from purity culture into this world of um, sexual education and pleasure. So those two are probably my favorite.
0: You know, which is so, so powerful that you you were in the same purity culture that myself. Mm-hmm. That is so powerful. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're learning from, from the master. Well, when I tell you I've been there, I've probably have been there. I've been there, right? <laughs> yes, I know. Yes. I know. Well, okay. Velvet Box, you do work with them uh, quite a bit. Yes. And we have some exciting things coming. Yeah. I think some
1: really exciting things. You kind of have to stay tuned. I can't eee! reveal them no, yet. No, know. no, no. I'm, I'm not
0: pushing, but I, but it is exciting.
1: Yeah. It's really exciting. And we're. I appreciate Marcel over the Velvet Box so much because she really, truly understands the importance and the impact that education has on society as a whole. And we just don't have enough friendly, accessible, shame-free sex education. And we're trying to we're trying to fill that gap
0: as in the best way that we know how the best way. Now, if y'all haven't followed her, you have got to follow it. I mean, she always hears from me because I'm going, girl, I just love you. You're so cute. But your Instagram is? Dr. Celeste Holbrook. Please follow me. I just, I
1: find myself so funny.
0: (laughs) It is hysterical. I absolutely love it. And when you post it, I see it a lot on Fridays. I I just like have (laughs) to... My oh, girl, I love you. You're oh. just a Derek and your the music you select is great too. <laughs> well thank you, <laughs> Tiffany. What a nice thing I to say. Know, I know. Well, everyone go into the Velvet Box. There's five DFW locations. One of my favorites is right there on 7th Street area. Mm-hmm. Not 7th Street, That's but in that area. It's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And say hello to them. They're all yes. fabulous, fabulous. Yes. And please follow, rate, and review us. Let us know what you want to hear on the... We're trying to get up in that Apple and podcast world. Yeah, absolutely. 101 here. Yeah, in, yeah it's big. So we're going to have you back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you can't get rid of me. <laughs> No, we're not getting rid of, me rid of her. <laughs> I know. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And keep being fabulous.